0: it's 3 a.m. on Isle Royale in rural Michigan. It is the least visited national park in the country. The sun is long, long gone. And two hikers are dreadfully lost.
1: It was terrifying. We got lost around three in the morning in the middle of a a rock field. This is Roger Dickey. He and his travel buddy had been hiking and canoeing
0: all day long. By 11 p.m., they had made it only 10 out of the 20 miles they needed to get back to their camp. And by 3 a.m., when they arrived at the rock field, they were utterly, completely lost.
1: So you're hiking a quarter mile just over nothing but bare rock. Um, And you have to, when you get to the other side, try to find where the trail continues.
0: No trees to use as landmarks, no trail markers, just a sea of identical rocks in the pitch black, barely halfway home. They had some supplies, iodine tablets, a GPS, but it was all pretty much cold comfort.
1: This is an extremely remote location. As far as I know, there were there were no ranger outposts in the area.
0: Roger went looking for the trail. He hiked out half a mile in every direction, making a star pattern. While he was looking, his hiking buddy stayed put in the middle of the rock field.
1: She said at various points she heard rustling in the forest and she called out my name and I didn't answer. So she's like, is this a bear? Is this a moose? I was afraid I might lose her or that we could have a confrontation with some wild animals. I think I was more scared than my mom was, actually.
0: Roger's hiking companion, the person he was lost with, it was his mom. And the whole reason Roger had brought his mom out here was to find a boulder. Not just any boulder, not one of the boulders in this rock field. A very specific boulder. A boulder that may not have existed At all. And it might have been my fault. Today, we are talking about Moose Boulder, this possibly mythical rock, and a certain online guide that lured Roger Dickey and his mom out to this very remote location and got them incredibly, extremely lost. More after this. along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail from strenuous to wheelchair-accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Roger Dickey has a little bit of a thing for Extreme Locations. He's crossed the Arctic Circle. He's trekked to the westernmost point in continental Europe just to watch the
1: sunset. There's a lake up in Canada that I'd like to visit. It looks like a meteor must have crashed there because it's a perfect ring lake that's about 50 miles in diameter. I'd like to go on a trek in Antarctica. That's on my bucket list. I've also been looking at the furthest north uh, human settlement, which is called Alert. And there are no roads that lead to it. It's 600 miles from the nearest town. So you have to fly in and get approval from, like, the Canadian Air Force. So I'm working on that one still. And the way
0: he typically finds these unusual locations is just by looking at a map. Sometimes with a physical map, he'll lay it out across the table and just look for geographic points of interest. With Google Maps, Roger will just click around, zooming in,
1: zooming out. So much of the Earth that's unexplored and undiscovered, And there's something exciting for me about that and intriguing, and I wonder what it'd be like to be the first person there and what I might find.
0: One day, Roger's mom sent him a link to an article about this quirky location called Moose Boulder. Roger said he wasn't sure if it was an Atlas Obscura page or somewhere else. As soon as he saw it, that instinct for finding the unexplored lit Roger right up. You might describe Moose Boulder ...as a kind of geographic Matryoshka doll. You know, the little Russian ones where they all stack inside of each other. Okay, so you know Lake Superior, the the biggest of all the great lakes. It is, of course, so big that there are plenty of islands within Lake Superior. And the largest of those islands is called Isle Royale. And Isle Royale is big enough that there are some lakes on it. And the largest of those lakes is called Siskoit. And you guessed it, Siskoit has its own islands. The largest of those is called Ryan Island. And on Ryan Island, there is a seasonal pond, at least according to certain maps and Wikipedia, called Moose Flats. And during certain seasons, Moose Flats is shallow enough to reveal its own teeny tiny boulder-sized island called Moose Boulder. So, this would make Moose Boulder, and just stay with me, the largest island in the largest lake. On the largest island in the largest lake. On the largest island in the largest lake in the United States. And that is the kind of place that is exactly, perfectly right up Roger Dickey's alley. So when his mom sent him the article about it, Roger immediately thought,
1: We should go, ha You know, and she's like, yeah, ha ha. And um, then I was like, no, really, what if we actually went to this place?
0: So Roger got to work planning their trip. He bought a bunch of new camping equipment, a GPS. He figured out how to get a seaplane out to the launching point. All the pieces of the trip were falling into place. Except there was one small potential problem. Moose Boulder did not seem to exist. I
1: never... I tried to prove that it was fake. I was trying to find it.
0: <laughs> Roger could not find GPS coordinates for Moose Boulder anywhere online. So he pulled out his own personal GPS, which had its own super high resolution maps, and still saw no evidence for a body
1: of water on Ryan Island. And that's when I started to get a little suspicious. So I went back to the source material, which was Wikipedia, and, uh, you know, there was a book that was mentioned. So I bought the book uh, and it referenced to page, and that page had no evidence of Moose Island or Boulder or Lake at all.
0: So Roger got in touch with the author of the Wikipedia article, who said that he had gotten the information from a book. Roger found that book, tried to contact its author, no response. But still, there was a picture of Moose Boulder on the Wikipedia page, just a nondescript rock sticking out of the water. So he used Google Images and Wayback Machine to figure out just exactly where that picture had come from.
1: And apparently it was a trip by the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute 20 years ago where they had gone to take core samples on Ryan Island. And I was able to get in touch with a researcher who was actually there and took that photo And he told me that it was of something else.
0: I am willing to bet at this point that there was no one else on planet Earth who had researched this rock, this very seemingly non-existent rock as thoroughly as Roger.
1: Yeah, it turns out if you have a weird enough obsession, you can be the number one most obsessed person in the world.
0: But at this point, Roger had already done just a ton of planning for this trip, And he still wanted to see the Isle Royale National Park, this super remote, super beautiful place. And so even though he wouldn't be making a trip to the largest island in the largest lake, on the largest island in the largest lake, on the largest island in the largest lake in the United States, a trip to the largest island in the largest lake on the largest island in the largest lake in the United States, still pretty good. So Roger and his mom set off. And they began to tunnel into that geographical Matryoshka doll. They took an airplane, then a seaplane, then a water taxi, then their own canoe, until they reached Ryan Island, the island where supposedly there was a small pond that contained moose boulder. They had a poke around. They saw evidence of neither pond nor boulder and began their journey back to their lodge. And that is when things went awry. Back in the rock field, Roger was moving in his star pattern, searching for their trail, and finally, he found it. He tagged his mom in his GPS, so he knew he wouldn't lose her, and he went back and got her. They continued walking, and then... We saw a sign on a post somewhere that said,
1: Ranger's cabin that way.
0: You better bet they followed that sign. They knocked on the door of the cabin, woke up a very nice park ranger who lent them some camping supplies, And finally, Roger and his mom relaxed. The next day, the Coast Guard took them back to
1: civilization. We get back to Rock Harbor, there's a gift shop, and we buy like, you know, one of everything in the gift shop, basically, because we're so delighted to be back. But yeah, it was, you know, it really was inspiring that we could go on an adventure like that. And even if something went wrong and, you know, we kind of had a scary patch in the middle of the trip, that we could go somewhere that few people had ever tried to go and come back to tell the story.
0: For Roger, a person who had crossed the Arctic Circle, who's planning a trip to the least inhabited village in Canada where there are no roads, his adventure in Moose Boulder was actually exactly the kind of experience he lives for.
1: A lot of my work has been on the internet. I've started internet-based businesses, and I'm a software engineer. And I think as the species, you know, we people now are exploring so much in the digital world, uh, it's almost like we stopped exploring the physical world, the real world around us. But I still feel a connection to the physical world and you know, we all have to live in it and eat real food and, you know, go on walks and, you know, look at sunsets. I would say in the early 1900s, a lot of the prominent geographical features that could be explored were explored. A lot of the mountains that could be summited were summited. I like reading about those stories and those explorers and those adventures. The first person to reach the South Pole, the first person to reach the North Pole, the search for like the head of the Nile you know, and, and things like that. There isn't much like that left. So I think for me, it's exciting to, to try to see what's left in the world that's like that. What are the extremes that haven't been explored yet? And to do that.
0: So a trip designed around a search for A mythical boulder isn't for everyone. And some people out there might wanna try and forget the experience of being lost in the wilderness altogether. But Roger and his mom, they both wanna remember it. A while after that trip, Roger's mom gave him a special gift.
1: Apparently you can go to these websites and if you specify exact GPS coordinates and an exact time, uh, it'll give you a map of the night sky at that exact time and place. So she sent me a poster of the map of the night sky from the night when we were stuck, lost outside. It's such a special thing to have. So I I have that up on my wall.
0: After Roger took that trip, he got in touch with us here at Atlas Obscura and said, hey, you got a place listing for this and I don't think it actually exists. So considering that at that point he was essentially the world expert on it, we took his word for it, we took the place page down. And we actually published an article about that trip Roger took with his mom. To which someone replied, I have been to Moose Boulder. I can prove that it exists. And I will send you photographic evidence next summer. And we never heard from that person again. (laughs) So either it really is out there or people are just getting swallowed by this mythical boulder. So, you know, if you want to go look for it, I will give you the very large caveat that it seems not to exist and you may never return. Special thanks to Matt Taub, who originally reported this article and came up with my favorite phrase from this episode, geological matryoshka doll. This episode was produced by
1: Johanna Mayer.
0: Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team
1: includes... Doug Baldinger.
0: Chris Naka.
1: Camille Stanley.
0: Willis Ryder-Arnold.
1: Manolo Morales. Baudelaire. Gabby Gladney.
0: Our technical director is... Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by... Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris. Wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time.